Y'all, it's your girl, Jess Sweetland Rock, a.k.a. Jasmine Cornelius, a.k.a. Jesse, a.k.a. Jess, a.k.a. Baldy, a.k.a. your favorite Baldy, a.k.a. the Fader Rez, a.k.a. whatever you know me as, it is me. I am back, you are back, and welcome to another episode of I'm Just Saying. I'm Just Saying. Alright, so I hope you listened to the catch-up episode. Heads down, thumbs up, let's play catch-up. Which is the etso, which is the episode uh, right before this one, where I tell you about my hiatus and where I've been and what I've been doing and where I'm going and so on and so forth. And I also told you that what was up next was we're celebrating Black History Month, as we should. You know, Black history is American history, and it's so crazy how in America we typically don't teach Black history in primary school and secondary school. Ghetto. No offense, but nonetheless, I'm here. This Black History Month is so exciting for me because I am officially an alumna of the greatest historically black college and university in the land, Prairie View A&M University, where we produce productive people. And not only that, I earned a degree in history and African-American studies. So I'm very excited. Um, Historians tend to study, I mean, they have their favorite eras and areas of history like they that they like to study it's almost kind of like majoring in medicine actually it is like majoring in medicine or engineering uh, or you know education you choose whatever area you like for me my favorite eras to study um, are not to be misconstrued with the beginning of black history black history did not begin with the transatlantic with the transatlantic slave trade however That's one of my favorite things to study. I love to study the diaspora. So what happened when African culture was taken from Africa, obviously, and it was brought to the Western world? I love to study the brutality of the institution of American slavery. I love to study those things because I like to make people feel uncomfortable when I tell them about history sometimes because I need you to understand where my lineage stems from, right? But I also need you to understand that the same people that are constantly getting the brunt of things are the same people that literally built the house, the house, right? that 43 white male presidents lived in before a black president lived in there slaves built the white house right but that's another conversation for another day so uh, in this episode i'm not gonna make anybody feel uncomfortable hopefully but y'all know i love music y'all know i love to sing and i really wish i would have minored in music or like gotten another degree in music i want so many degrees in different things i just love school but nonetheless since i'm not school's gonna be in session so get your snacks Fruit snacks, apple juice with lids only. All right, kick up your feet and let's get into it. Hey. <laughs>
listen, anybody who went to school in the Dallas Fort Worth area, you know that song. That's I Love School from K104. <laughs> I can imagine how many people probably just started coming out and singing that song. That is definitely the song. Absolutely. All right, so listen, what we are going to discuss in this episode is music related to black history. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about is call and response singing. And then we want to talk about the Negro spiritual. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw me post about both of these things already last week. But I figured, of course, I could do more with the podcast. And I think it's very important that we really, really, really focus on the influence of African culture and African-American culture in the music industry. And not limit that influence to R&B not limit that influence to gospel, not limit that influence to pop, you know, or or just anything urban. Every genre of music (laughs) has 1, 2, 57, 139, what have you, all roots uh, to African, African American culture. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Of course, you know, you all probably know me from singing something to do with HBCUs and so this is something that we do a lot of course at HBCUs so we're going to get into that so we'll start with call and response singing and then we will make our way into the Negro spirituals the way this is going to be set up I think I'm just going to kind of talk um, I don't ever really structure these podcasts out like pre-plan anything before I start them except for the list of songs that I use so I can download them and everything so I'm just going to talk and In the middle of talking, I'm going to let you hear some examples of what call and response singing is or what Negro spirituals are. And we'll move from there. So, stay tuned. Do you love going to school? Yes. Do you want to be the best you can be? Yes. Do you believe that someday your education will be the key to your life? First on the list, call and response singing. Call and response has its roots in traditional African music, which largely employed a vocal version. In other styles of music, call and response is used as a form of experimentation, go figure, as well as a way to speak directly to the listener. In live performances, some performers use call and response as a way to connect with their audience. If you think of gospel music, for example, though, you will immediately recognize the technique of call and response. It's when the pastor or song leader calls out a song, line, and the congregation or the choir responds. Here's an example. Oh, 
beautiful and one of my favorite examples of call and response singing. Now the enslaved were not allowed to speak while working the fields, but they were allowed to chant and sing in order to quote, create a rhythm to pick the crops. Um, these songs were typically accompanied, these songs typically accompanied rather their labor work with songs that often incorporated field haulers, chants tinged with high pitched notes. Now, as aforementioned, call and response can be heard today in many genres, including rap, blues, gospel, and rock and roll. Here's an example of call and response um, from actually a Negro spiritual. Um, of Here's an example of call and response. Let me get it together. That is also a Negro spiritual, and you can just kind of hear, you can feel the intensity of this. That was Jacob's Ladder, um, one of my top five Negro spirituals. If you didn't feel the intensity, if you didn't feel the authenticity, if you didn't feel the pain, if you didn't feel the hope in that, go back and listen to it again. Mm. Nonetheless, call and response is very much like a conversation. Again, the leader makes a statement or asks a question and others answer or expound. An example of this is the spiritual. So I just played a Negro spiritual, right? Certainly, Lord. The leader excitedly asks, have you got good religion? And others jubilantly respond, certainly, Lord. Using repetition and improvisation, the conversation continues to build until everyone exclaims, certainly, 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 Lord. Check it out. Here's Certainly, Lord by the Canton Spirituals. I'm just going to do a few verses of a little song. I just want to ask you a question. Have you got good religion? Have you got good religion? Have you got So that's, those are just some examples of call and response singing. Call and response singing is actually my favorite type of singing um, because those songs can literally go forever and you don't know where they're going to go. But the longer you sing, especially whenever it's gospel music, the more you really start to feel the spirit. And it's just really fulfilling. I particularly love the Church of Christ because they don't use instruments in their uh, musical praise 
And, you know, they don't ever just prolong the song. But I could sing a Church of Christ song forever and ever and ever, literally, because, you know, there's just no stopping. You just keep going and going and going. And they always have a song leader. So call and response is a great, um, well, the Church of Christ is a great um, organized religious example, I guess, of call and response methods. All right. Now let's segue into Negro spirituals. So that is I'll Never Turn Back No Mo, sung by the Oakwood University Aeolians. Oakwood University Aeolians. I had the opportunity to sing that song whenever I was in chorale at Prairie View Adam University in the spring of 2020 before Rona decided she wanted to show out. But I loved going on there and hearing them sing. So Oakwood University is a private historically black college and university in Huntsville, Alabama. They are um, operated by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And their choirs is absolutely amazing. I mean, every single, just about every single, well, every single thing I've ever heard them sing, they're just absolutely phenomenal. So that is I'll Never Turn Back No Mo. The abolition of the Slave Trade Act of 1807 made it illegal to buy and sell people in British colonies. But in the independent United States, slavery remained a very prominent and legal practice until December 1865. From this tragic backdrop, though, one of the most poignant American musical genres, the Negro spiritual, was birthed. Sometimes called slave songs, jubilees, and sorrow songs, spirituals were created out of and spoke directly to the black experience in America prior to the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 that declared all slaves free. And we'll get into that after you take a listen at this.
Okay, so real quick before I continue the conversation on Negro spirituals, I have to talk about the Emancipation Proclamation, rather. Um, The Emancipation Proclamation is arguably one of the five most important documents in American history, and in my opinion, the most misunderstood. The Emancipation Proclamation was issued twice. The first time was in September of 1862 and stipulated that if the southern states did not cease their rebellion by January 1st, 1863, then the proclamation would go into effect. A proclamation is just a public or official announcement that's, like, important. Like, really important, obviously. The Emancipation Proclamation only applied to the states in rebellion, a.k.a. the Confederacy. Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, North and South Carolina, and parts of Virginia. The proclamation did not apply to slave states or border states that were part of the Union, such as Kentucky, Missouri, Delaware, Maryland, Tennessee, and parts of Virginia. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation paved the way for blacks to fight for their freedom. Lincoln declared in the proclamation that black people of suitable condition would be received into the armed service of the United States. Five months after the proclamation took effect, the War Department of the United States issued General Order Number 143, establishing the United States Colored Troops, or the USCT. By the end of the war, over 200,000 black people would serve in the Union Army and Navy. Now the emancipation led the emancipation proclamation rather led the way to total abolition of slavery in the United States. With the emancipation proclamation, the aim of the war changed to include the freeing of the enslaved in addition to preserving the union. Although the proclamation initially freed only the enslaved in the rebellious states, by the end of the war the proclamation had influenced and prepared citizens to advocate and accept abolition for all enslaved in both the North and the South. It was not the Emancipation Proclamation that freed the slaves. The 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery in the United States, was passed on December the 6th, 1865. Lincoln did not free the slaves. Lincoln set the precedent for the slaves to be freed. Um, That's why I say the Emancipation Proclamation is arguably one of the top five most important documents in American history, but to me, it's probably the most misunderstood. My goodness, it's so wild, but we're not going to give them that much credit. Now, back to Negro spirituals. The term spiritual is derived from the King James Bible translation of Ephesians 5 and 19, which reads, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The form has its roots in the informal gatherings of African slaves in praise houses and outdoor meetings called brush arbor meetings, brush meetings, or camp meetings in the 18th century. At the meetings, participants would sing, chant, dance, and sometimes enter ecstatic trances. Spirituals also stem from the ring shout, a shuffling circular dance to chanting and hand clapping that was common among early plantation slaves. Here is one of the more popular Negro spirituals, Wade in the Water, arranged by the late Moses Hogan. Wade in the water, wade in the water. 
So that was Wade in the Water, one of the most popular um, Negro spirituals. And we actually learned that one at Preview, too. My favorite part is the beginning. God's a gonna trouble the water. Wade in the water, Wade in. Let me tell you something. Nobody can direct like Dr. Jan Taylor at Prairie View A&M University. Dr. Taylor used to pull back so hard on trouble, and we used to follow. I've never sung with a choir like the like the Prairie View A&M University uh, chorale. And she would get to snap it, and she would get to snap it and tapping that foot, waiting the water, waiting. And then whenever she would say wait, she would wave that arm to the left, or wave that arm to the I miss Dr. Taylor. My time from her was, oh gosh, it was so taken. But I was so excited because the spring semester was, was the semester that we learned all these Negro spirituals, so I love it. So that's wade in the water as a Negro spiritual. Now, spirituals were also sometimes regarded as codified protest songs, with songs such as Steal Away, composed by Wallace Willis, being seen by some commentators as incitements to escape slavery. Because the Underground Railroad of the mid-19th century used terminology from railroads as a secret language for assisting slaves to freedom, it is often speculated that songs like I Got My Ticket may have been a code for escape. Hard evidence is difficult to come by because assisting slaves to freedom was illegal. A spiritual that was certainly used as a code for escape to freedom was Go Down Moses, used by Harriet Tubman to identify herself to slaves who might want to flee north. Take a listen to the late and great, my goodness, Mahalia Jackson and Nat King Cole sing Still Away. The Hey, hey, hey. 
Wow, Mahalia Jackson's voice is just, it's captivating. I mean, that vibrato, that emotion. Ugh, you can just tell that she meant that. And Nat King Cole added a beautiful touch to it. A little fun fact. I feel like I have to talk about this every time I talk about Mahalia Jackson. So when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was on, was in the movement, rather, he used to call Mahalia Jackson and let her sing him songs to comfort him on the journey. After witnessing this moment on Selma, on the movie Selma, uh, my nephew, he's not really my nephew, but everybody calls me auntie, but my nephew, my baby, Michigan State Representative Joel Jones started to call me and he started to request that I sing to him. And, you know, when he told me the significance of why he called me and he asked me to sing, um, it's just always stuck with me. Joel made Michigan State history, made the state of Michigan history as the youngest state representative that was elected. And so, I have watched him grow over the last five years, and I just listen to Mahalia Jackson a lot differently because I know that Jewel has the potential to make change uh, that, you know, Martin Luther King would be proud of. And really, he already has, you know, he's making history and stuff like that. So shout out to my baby Jewel Jones. I love him so much. My goodness, I love that boy so much. He is going to uh, continue to make a difference literally for the rest of his life, and I'm here for it. All right, so where do we go from here? Y'all know where we go from here? We exit. That concludes this episode of I'm Just Saying. Not just saying, just saying. I am your host, Jessmine Rock. Jessmine, Jesse, Jess, Baldy. Pay Baldy, the Baited Reds. You're Baited Baldy. Did I say that? I did. Listen, whatever you know me as, thank you so much for coming back and checking out this episode of I'm Just Saying. I hope you heard some songs that you'll add to your library. Continue to do your research on uh, call and response and Negro spirituals. And just remember that black history is American history. Black history is the world's history, all right? There are roots. You know, we don't call the continent of Africa Mother Africa for no reason. Nonetheless, stay blessed if you're black. Stay black, all right? I'm black. I love being black. Oh, my gosh, you couldn't pay me to be anything else. What? And I'm bald-headed. I can wear my hoops and my lip gloss and just get my eyebrows done and be done with it. As my baby, Michigan State Representative Joel Jones always says, peace and love. Holla. So well in my head. Thank you,